0: You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but uh, I don't always know who's gonna win. But I do know where you should bet, and I think you should know this by now. If you've listened to the show, the answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, with the best player perks in the sportsbook business—they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So, hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag, use promo code SHARKS, S-H-A-R-K-S, to new code, guys. So make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So, if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From, you know, Game of Thrones, eSports, obviously, NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, So check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code SHARKS. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, Our newest friends from SeatGeek. Uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal let SeatGeek do the work for you their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game concert show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck a green dot marks great deals a yellow dot means good deals and a red dot not so good So go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout. Receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So what are you waiting for? Uh, Again, that's promo code ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your irregular dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Old Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me tonight after a, a rather lengthy hiatus, my co host, John Stefancic. We're back, John. I think it's been like almost a month, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I forgot how, how to do this. Maybe you can help me.
1: Uh, European summer vacation. That's basically what we took
0: yeah where were you in Europe you were traveling right?
1: I was not in Europe. I was just saying we acted like Europeans just take a month off and disappear. yeah
0: I mean why not it makes sense because there's, there's nothing to talk about in the summer anyway, I mean, but we've
1: pretty much proven that this is what four and a half years now that mm-hmm. this is built around Ole Miss sports whether as much as we've we've tried to kind of well even if
0: it even if it wasn't what would we've even talked about like two weeks ago um I mean,
1: Pretty much nothing. I mean, I was traveling a fair amount for work uh-huh, and play. Uh-huh. I think you were too, to an extent. We finally have a week or so of camp in, enough to chit-chat and make fun of it. Technically, open, technically there's a game next weekend in Florida-Miami, like you were mentioning. Yeah,
0: exactly, right? We get um, Manny Diaz, former Dan Mullen assistant, um, facing off against his, his old mentor, Damn, I, I believe he uh, he left Dan Mullen for a better program twice, which is pretty funny, right? He went to Texas under Mack Brown, and then yeah. he came back, and then he went to Miami under Mark Rick. So um, I, I won't say he's stupid. Those those are both the the right moves for sure. So it should be interesting to see uh, Miami and Florida. I guess I don't know. I have no idea what Miami is going to be like. I tend to think Florida under Mullen is like a decent a decent program but then again you know with everything that's come out about that Florida program right now you know who knows who knows what they're going to be like this season seems like he doesn't necessarily have the strongest grip on uh on things down there in Gainesville so yeah I mean I guess it's something to look forward to just over a week and a half away we're recording this on a, a Tuesday Ole Miss opens at memphis in uh what about about two and a half weeks that's pretty soon john and years past when we used to be you know get excited about these things i feel like we'd be like foaming at the mouth right now for some, some yeah. this opener
1: did you here's a not, question. go ahead john well, well part of it's we're older part of it's all the
0: well i think the program is just happened. in a, a much worse state yeah there's less think, to be excited this, about
1: this is, we're you know i expect to lose to memphis I've pretty much convinced myself. So
0: yeah, it's happen. Uh, yeah. I I think a lot of people, especially people that listen to our show or have been on our show, probably are in that same camp. I I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen in the Memphis game, the Arkansas game. One of the only advantages this team has right now is that there's not really much film on them. Yeah, you can go back to old Arizona film, and you know, you know what McIntyre's defenses have looked like in the past. But especially on the offensive side, um, I think that. Rodriguez has a chance to kind of, you know, do some unexpected things maybe. So we'll see. Um, It'll be interesting. I I think that they – have some talent. They're lacking experience uh, in a big way. The fact that –
1: That line can play okay. I think they'll have an offense that's at least something – Right, and
0: that's what I was about to get to is, like, the offensive line is a pretty big question mark. And you add in the fact that Alex Givens, you know, ostensibly your left tackle or right tackle, I don't know. The the, the most experienced guy on the offensive line had surgery, like, a few weeks ago. They say he'll be back for Memphis, but, you know, I think we're all – not going to be surprised if that's not the case. Um, so that's that's a big red flag, I think, if you're trying to get excited about this team. But, I mean, hey, we, we've we talked about Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre, obviously both upgrades over Phil Longo and uh, Crime Dog McGriff. So, I, I mean, I, I, that's good news, right? I, I, I'm interested to see if without DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, uh, the offense has the ability to be a little bit more um, balanced and not, it almost seemed like they had to, they had to focus on only throwing or else they felt like they were failing as an offense. And that's kind of, even when you have amazing wide receivers, I think that makes your offense a little bit more predictable. And you saw it in some games where, um, you know, where Brown, what was it like the, um, the Vanderbilt game where Brown had the, he dropped the pass and the end zone, however you want to say that happened to that game or, Um, Like, later in the Egg Bowl, when that play got called back because the third quarter ended, like, it just seemed like when you only have one possible way to succeed, when there's so much pressure on that, and when it comes up short, it just seems like extra defeating. So, I'd be interested to see what an offense that isn't that predictable might be able to do. Um, You know, the wide receiver room is extremely young. That's going to be... Uh, Interesting, I guess. You'll get to see what these these young guys they recruited can really do, I guess. You got Braylon Sanders, who's been decent. Um, No idea who's going to play tight end. I was talking to Jacob Threadgill earlier this week, and he was telling me, uh, we haven't recruited a tight end on scholarship since Gabe Angel, apparently. Um, so that's uh that's not good. It's not a good thing. Octavius what Cooley. He, he was at he was the same class. Cooley and Angel were both twenty sixteen, and they haven't signed a tight end since then, apparently. So um, you know, that's that's an interesting choice for an offense. And maybe that brings us to what I was telling you before the show, John. They were saying apparently in practice, Devon Peniman is playing tight end, which is um interesting. Uh I I will say I have this I have this sneaking suspicion that Rodriguez is going to do something weird with that position, especially the fact that Peniman is apparently playing tight end now. So it's like what Cooley, uh, Pellerin, and Peniman. I, I kind of think it's going to be kind of an H-back type role. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I think Memphis probably feels really good about their chances going into that game. I mean, I would if I was Memphis.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. The good thing about their schedule is that Memphis and Arkansas, you get two, you know, you're going to start the season like you got two cupcakes, and then, you know, you go you get smart. right? You got two legitimate, I'd say, more or less coin flip games to open the season.
0: Yeah, which I mean, I think I think that's a good thing for sure. It's better than starting out with absolute nobodies that you should just steamroll Um, because you're actually going to, if you win those two games, you can kind of start building a little confidence off of that. And with a young team, I think barring injuries, which could very well derail this season, like it could many of Ole Miss's recent seasons, any team that's not, you know, built like an Alabama or Georgia or Clemson um, a few injuries here and there could pretty much, you know, swing four or five games. Um, But barring that, I think you would expect them to get better as the year goes on. So Maybe, maybe they can build momentum, maybe they lose both games and the season falls apart. Um you know, that's just kind of that's just kind of how it is with this team. it'll be uh it'll be interesting to watch, I guess, at least for the first two to four weeks. And then I think you were getting at this John, you go and get destroyed against Alabama, but say you win at Memphis, say you beat Arkansas and Oxford, you, can you be- got a,
1: you got a crap uh, a gimme and then Cal, Bama vandy i mean vandy it's a pretty oxford
0: play. yeah on the road at missouri you know kelly bryant as as Austin Miller reminded me not long ago um transferred there but still it's missouri i mean it's it's you're not going to complain about that draw from the east and then a&m has to come to oxford um no idea what auburn's going to be like on november 2nd it's a it's in a lot of years i think we'd be really excited to see this schedule for old miss it's it's for an SEC West team, I think this is definitely on the softer side, um, barring the fact that you have to play a very good regional rival at their house in Memphis. But hey, thank you Ross Bjork. This is this is the one last parting gift from Bjork scheduling an opener at Memphis. You know, gotta love it at eleven a.m. on ABC. Gotta love it.
1: Yeah, Bjork feels like he was five years ago. I've already just completely forgotten. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it is interesting because if you think back to the last game in the Liberty Bowl where Ole Miss went in there uh, feeling pretty good about themselves despite the fact that they had had lost to Florida, but still, you know, they felt pretty good about themselves that season. Memphis came in with a big chip on their shoulder. They were the home team. Um, You know, they got to get really excited and get up and, and play the giant killer, the team that had beaten Alabama, all that stuff. Um, it, it kind of, it's not that the roles are completely reversed now, but it, it's definitely emotionally, I'd say more of an even keel. I, I think Ole Miss is coming in more as the underdog in this. It's almost like Memphis has to kind of defend home turf more than Ole Miss has to avoid being knocked off. So it's, it's, it's a better matchup for Ole Miss. I think than than going in just super high on yourself, thinking that you're going to crush Memphis. I think they have to be realistic after five yeah. and seven, the last two years, uh, at least through this training camp and, and, and know that if they don't play uh, really well, maybe better than they're capable of, but we'll see. Uh, they're going to lose at Memphis. It's going to be interesting. I, I really, I, I know nothing about the team that Norville has at Memphis this year, but I do respect him, and I think they'll probably be, you know, uh, like the Memphis teams we've seen lately
1: you should have a team that's hungry to prove something from a personnel and from a coaching standpoint. So yeah,
0: yeah, you would think you would think, but the question is, do they have enough, you know, how this is going to be interesting too, because this is always last year. And this year we always knew that was where you were going to really see um, some of the, the lingering lasting effects of, losing those scholarships, the NCAA stuff, you know, cause it doesn't just affect the years. You don't have the scholarships. You you can't build for the future years in the same way. And then you add in, you know, the way it hurt recruiting. Um, and you think back to 2016 and you shine Shea Patterson and all that. But I think we all had our doubts about that class, you know, end to end, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it's not like since then, they've really stocked a ton of, a ton of blue chip talent. So, you know, it's easy now to be optimistic about the season. Um I you know, I talk again on on September eighth or even on September first after that Memphis game, and I think you'll start having a better idea of of what the season's really gonna be like. Those are those are two barometer games for sure, so at least we get those out of the way.
1: Yeah. It'll be good. We'll see. Is there really anything else to watch in camp? I mean, I don't think there's much to watch Ooh, in camp.
0: Okay, in camp, I, I think we we talked about Peniman um in the running back room, apparently playing tight end right now. No idea what's up with that. But I think the running back competition behind uh Scotty Phillips is, is interesting. Apparently Jerry and Ely, who you know, everybody said was gonna go play MLB. Um he's running behind the kid from South Mississippi, I believe, Snoop Connor. I think I think he's from South Mississippi. Um, but that's that's interesting. Um, I don't know if that's bad news when it comes to Ely, or if that's just good news when it comes to depth. That there's if they're both doing well, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think he's from he's from Hattiesburg. Uh, I think that's interesting storyline to watch for sure. I think um, that 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 young linebacker lakia henry is apparently playing well he's a freshman um i don't know what you're gonna learn in camp but i'm interested to hear more about jalen jones coming back from that acl injury less than a year removed he's apparently playing pretty well um which is good news because the the back end of that defensive uh alignment is going to be yeah. strange for sure it's pretty much him and um what's his face the the kid that uh had to had that losses his Ohio State scholarship. You know, what I'm talking about, yeah, uh, yeah, the, those are uh, that's pretty much all I can think of back at the at the on the back side of that defensive backfield. So that's going to be, I think, maybe a problem. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't think, again, nothing you can really learn in camp, but I'm interested to see what they look like in McIntyre's defense, you know, playing the three four again. Talking to Jacob yesterday, he, he made a good point. Like, I don't know how often they're really going to be able to stay in that base three, four, especially playing against spread teams. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, when you play LSU, it'll be fine, but uh, you know, it's not going to work against a lot of the teams on the schedule. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Yeah. Camp storylines. I don't know. It, it, it seems like all the practices are closed across the country pretty much, but Again, I think at Ole Miss right now, that's one of the few things they might have going for them is like a little a little air of the unexpected when it comes to what they're going to look like. So, um, I think it's probably smart for for Rodriguez and McIntyre and Luke to keep things pretty buttoned up. So, yeah, I think it's just the waiting game right now. It, it is pretty nice that we get this this week zero matchup, the Florida Miami game. That's a that's a nice little like you know way to get you excited yeah. for the next weekend. And, yeah. and I'm honestly I'm very happy that uh, Old Miss and Memphis is an 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC because then you get you get to move on with your life. You don't have to wait around You're all
1: gonna, day. You know, opening game day, all of that. Then bang, right there. And...
0: Right, and then and then at 2:30, you go you know, get in the pool or go uh, and do something else, and just you don't have to worry about Old Miss anymore. It'll be it'll be nice.
1: Yeah, it'll be good.
0: I think, and again, this isn't so much a camp thing, but um, throughout the season, I'm going to keep my eye on Matt Corral for sure. Um, And it's maybe the youngest quarterback room in the country, right? You got redshirt freshman Matt Corral, and then everybody else in there is a true freshman. Um, Just about any position, if if Ole Miss suffers injuries to starters, it's going to be really bad news. But that one would be especially interesting because – I, I mean, I don't even know. Like John Reese Plumley, like the the baseball player kid that's apparently super fast. But like, I, I maybe like I really don't know what would happen. Do you move Pellerin back from tight end? I have no idea what the plan would be if Corral gets injured. So um, that's that's going to be interesting, and and also just to see how he handles, you know, being the full time starter. He's he's kind of a hot headed kid, but he he's got a strong arm, and you know, I I like his personality. Um, I. I think I've heard him compared to to Bo Wallace with a better arm. He's gonna throw a lot of a lot of interceptions. He's kind of a gambler quarterback. Um it'll it'll be fun. He, he can run a little bit too. Uh I'm gonna be watching him for sure. It'd be interesting to see how Rodriguez uses him. Um honestly I, I'm just really not looking forward still to watching the defense play, but maybe I'll be I think I'm just I'm just have like PTSD from uh from the last several years of Ole Miss I don't defense.
1: P T S D from 16 onward so it's been three straight years and just petroches. yeah
0: it, it's it almost seems like surreal to think back to like actually watching Ole Miss's defense and, and like enjoying it you know like the was it 2014 the Cinquez Golson yeah. Cody Pruitt defense and and Kim Dietschy and you're like uh you know I I really it's it's I've talked about it before but it's funny now because I just remember when a team would throw a pass you would you would like get excited because you knew that you had a good defensive backfield like Golson was going to pick it off or something uh, yes. and it's just been the complete opposite of the last 3 years where if a team threw it you just look away because you know there's someone wide open or it's going to be some broken play and yeah I don't know I'm just I I I can't really I can't really imagine myself being happy to watch Ole miss on defense but uh, you know maybe I'll maybe I'll be uh surprised come August thirty first. I guess we'll see. I don't know. I I don't. I think that's about all I have about the Ole Miss team. I don't really know what else I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, that's about as much time as Ole Miss deserves. Until you know, we'll see what
0: they do. Are there any um, first line first week lines? Is my question. I'm trying to get over here. I don't know. Um, NCAA football. I feel like we should at least have Florida Miami, right? Yeah. So we got Florida minus seven. Okay, that sounds about right to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, also that same day. So that, that game's at 6, and then at 9.30, you got Arizona versus Hawaii. That's fun. Uh, who's the coach of Arizona now, John? Do you know? I have no idea.
1: Uh, That's a damn good question. No, uh, isn't it is someone? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then Herm Edwards is the coach at Arizona State. So two like, yep. two like has-beens. That's fun. Um, all right. So that's week zero moving on to August 29th, which I guess would be Thursday, right, before all Miss plays on the 31st. So pretty, I mean, a, not a great slate of games, but there are several games on that Thursday. So we got UCLA, Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Clemson, Georgia Tech. That's gonna be a slaughter, but Clemson minus thirty five and a half versus a triple option team. I might take I might take the points on that one.
1: Yeah, although Cle- I mean Clemson's so damn good on paper, it's silly.
0: Actually also, didn't Paul Johnson leave Georgia Tech? So are they even a triple option team anymore?
1: Yeah, I forget who the hell they uh the coach is now.
0: Let's see. Maybe they hired I hope they hired like another triple option. Oh, Jeff Collins. Oh, another Mississippi State connection there. So they hired Jeff Collins from Temple. That's interesting. Definitely not a triple option coach, I don't think. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I do like Clemson there. I don't know. Um, Tulane and FIU, uh, who cares? But Tulane minus two. A&M minus 34.5 versus Texas State. Again, I might take the points there. Expect um, a hype team like AM under m under – uh, what's his face? You know what I'm talking about the FSU coach. I might I might take them to, to flop on opening day a little bit. Um, Kent State versus Arizona State. Arizona State favorite by twenty five. BYU versus Utah. That's kind of a fun one. That's a rival. Right. I got
1: a I got a line I like.
0: That's a rivalry. All right, what you got?
1: Massachusetts plus fourteen and a half against Rutgers.
0: Sure. Why not?
1: Why the hell would anybody trust Rutgers to win by three scores?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it is UMass, but sure. Yeah, moving on to was this this is the next day. So this is the Friday. You got that game, um, Wisconsin, USF, um, Colorado State versus Colorado, um, Oklahoma State versus Oregon State. Sure, why not? And then opening day where Ole Miss plays. Let's see uh nothing too exciting here East Carolina versus NC state Mississippi state versus u l Lafayette who coaches Lafayette now because uh their old coach works for state again, doesn't he uh, yeah. what's that what's know. that guy's name mark something I forgot their head coach is Billy Napier. Don't know. Uh,
1: he, he used to be like the Florida – he was a receivers coach at one point.
0: Yeah, it looks like he was at – oh, he was the wide receivers coach at Alabama for five years. Yeah. Okay, I know I'd heard the name before. Interesting. You know, that, um, that Saban coaching tree, that'll definitely work out for them. Uh, Ole Miss versus Memphis. I see Memphis now minus six. I believe it was minus seven at one point. Uh, what do you make of that line, John?
1: Um, I think a lot of unknowns on Ole Miss' roster. Mm-hmm. And Memphis generally gets up for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I, I'd i rather be the underdog going into this, frankly, from a psychological standpoint. I think as so. As-
0: it, which, it's weird because as much as you're the underdog, it's still Memphis versus Ole Miss, which is kind of an internal underdog-type mentality for them. So maybe it kind of balances out, kind of even psychologically. Uh, over-under is 68. Mm, that's probably right where it should be. Not sure how that one goes. I don't know. I don't know enough about Memphis's offense. Um, but if it, we're talking about Ole Miss's defense, I know the Ole past. Miss defense. Yeah, you
1: know no. the Ole Miss defense. That's I think fair. the over is pretty safe there.
0: That's fair. All right, sixty-eight. John likes the over. I will, we'll revisit this. Um, hmm. trying to find any other interesting games. South Carolina versus North Carolina. South Carolina is minus 7. Alabama minus 33.5, hosting Duke. Feels low. Think so? You think um, after last year's national championship game and Tua comes out trying to put up some big numbers, get back on track for the Heisman campaign?
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: it could be right there. Um, does, Does Saban have any respect for Cutcliffe? What's that relationship like?
1: Um... I think Alabama's probably been through a pretty hellacious training camp offseason. Yeah,
0: I think that's I think that's probably fair. All right, I, I like John's take there. Over under fifty eight. Mm, probably go over just on Alabama, um, but Ooh. we'll see. Don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Does a Duke defense have any pride? I have no idea. Um, Virginia Tech versus Boston College. Wow. Uh, Virginia Tech only minus two and a half. That seems. Like not very much for a a proud program versus Boston College. Um, Ooh, here we go, John. Syracuse opening the season at Liberty. Syracuse minus seventeen and a half. Hugh Freeze comes out guns blazing. Wants to. So
1: they're going to Liberty.
0: Yeah, I believe that's right. Hmm. Interesting. That is, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like Liberty is the home team. Who who scheduled that? What is that? That is bizarre. I guess Jerry Fowell Jr. paid out of pocket for it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ooh, here's a game, John. Uh, just from a pure like, carnage standpoint. Uh, Saturday at 6 p.m., Boise State at Florida State. Florida State minus 5. That, that's going to be a slog, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Uh, What, Cam Akers still at Florida State?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Huh. Wonder how that season's gonna go for him. Hopefully better than last season. Um SMU versus Arkansas State. This reminds me uh Barrett Salee. I think he works for, for CBS Sports now. He did um he did the best college football team in every state, right? So in in Mississippi he picked Mississippi State. Yeah, no problem with that. That makes sense from last year. In Tennessee, he picked Memphis. And then in Arkansas, he picked Arkansas State, which that's just that's just trolling right there. It is funny though. But it's yeah. that's a little much. That's a, the Arkansas State pick is a little much. I, I could maybe you can entertain Memphis over Tennessee, I guess. But Jesus Christ. Um all right, Shea Patterson hosting uh Middle Tennessee week one should be okay there. You think Shay yep. covers uh, minus 32 and a half? Is Shea even still the starter there? I have no idea. I haven't followed it. I know he yeah. had some competition.
1: I would assume so.
0: Yeah, I just remember. I know he was uh, – so you saw he got caught uh, posting from a fake Twitter account defending himself. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: That was classic. Um, fake Twitter account. I think that's definitely happened since uh, since we last talked. Maybe not, though. Um Alright. LSU hosting Georgia Southern to start the year, minus twenty-seven. Huh, probably a good bet. Georgia at Vanderbilt, minus twenty-one. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what Mason's plan is for this season. I, I think he's uh it's kind of crazy he's still there, but I say they don't really prioritize that.
1: We'll, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um Ooh, Oregon versus Auburn. Oregon at Auburn—that's fun. Auburn minus three. Interesting. Mario Cristobal, the coach at Oregon. There's that saving coaching tree again.
1: Yeah, I think that could be a game. Oregon wins, kind of an upset, get going because Auburn. Yeah.
0: What is Auburn's identity under this late stage Gus Malzahn?
1: Dumpster fire—that's their identity.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I like. It was so funny because. Was it the last couple years? Auburn, like Malzahn's this this offensive genius, and they they only they're only strong spots but like the defensive line. It's just strange, strange program. No idea what their like team identity is. Um, that's about it. That's about it.
1: I like Texas minus twenty one against Louisiana Tech. That feels low. You like
0: that? Yeah, I did see that one. Sure. Yeah, I like that too. Um. It's like Sunday. You got Houston versus, versus Oklahoma. That's that's fun. Um, Houston probably not going to be good this year, though, right? They're they're plus twenty four and a half. I don't know. Yeah. How, how good is Oklahoma going to be this year?
1: Uh, everybody's. I mean, is Jalen Hurts, really good. I mean, you see Jalen Hurts play there under Riley.
0: I mean, I'm interested to see it, but I don't have much. I don't think Jalen Hurts is very good. I think a lot of Alabama fans want him to be good to advance this narrative that like first of all they were so deep at quarterback and second of all they really like him as a person and like they like how he still supported yeah. Tua but I, I never thought he was good I mean I think we all kind of agreed before Tagovailoa came into the picture that Hurts was like by far the weak link but being the weak link at Alabama means you're pretty good still so who knows yeah um, and then it looks like Monday Notre Dame versus Louisville okay sure why not I have no idea what's going on at Notre Dame I don't really know what's going on in Louisville either that's your that's your opening week slate here uh two and a half plus weeks out yeah that's a, a couple a couple games worth worth watching there I don't know i was I was having this conversation yesterday like it, it just seems like college football is kind of like lifeless right now like i don't know what the good what the big narrative in college football is you got like these blue bloods you got clemson alabama georgia uh and and everybody else just kind of like shuffling along it seems like i don't know it's getting harder and harder to get excited but maybe that's just a a disaffected old miss fans perspective
1: yeah we got all this concentration of power the one percent right getting stronger that's right
0: Ninety nine percent just keep keep suffering at the bottom. That's that's college football for
1: you. NCAA, It's all rigged. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rigged game. Uh,
0: college football needs uh needs a Bernie Sanders. Is um is uh what's his face? Um Mike Leach. Is he the Bernie Sanders of college football?
1: Say that again.
0: Is is Mike Leach the uh the Bernie Sanders of college football? Is he gonna is he gonna lead the masses in a rebellion against uh Against the the corporate class of Alabama and Georgia, yeah, Clemson. Why not? I don't know. I I think uh, I think I want Clemson to win it all again. I don't like Dabo, but I think it's really funny, like when Clemson beats Alabama. And I don't like Georgia, so I I, I would be happy with Trevor Lawrence beating Alabama again. That would that would be fine with me.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, John. That's where we're at. Uh, I, I definitely want to see Harbaugh lose, if that's a narrative.
1: Yeah, I want to see Harbaugh, and Michigan, play. That'd be very, very fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, what else is going on in sports, John? Astros are going to win the World Series. I don't know if you heard.
1: Yeah, that'd be It's going to. I think the Yankees. Well, they got so much better starting pitching than the Yankees do. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers feel like the only team that could realistically beat them. I would say, yeah, yeah. I, I, think mean, that, Astros, I think That's right. Astros are heavy favorites. Heavy. I mean, it's.
0: Yeah, I wonder actually what they what the future bets are. Let's see World Series future odds. But yeah, I think after um, it's
1: almost like the MLB playoffs are going to be kind of boring. It's how big of a favorite the Astros are on paper.
0: Yeah, Astros are two to one right now. Um Dodgers are 5 to 2, Yankees are 6 to 1, Braves 10 to 1, Cubs 16 to 1, Indians 16 to 1, Twins 18 to 1. And then it kind of drops off after that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, living in Houston it's not boring, you know. It's nice to to have a good team. I think everybody's happy about that, but uh yeah, I don't know what the what the I mean, I think the Braves have been a fun storyline this season. Um yeah, I mean, looking at these teams at the top, nothing really super exciting. Like, I the the more exciting teams are are further down and have been up and down. But I mean, the Astros are like they're like the good guy team, right? Like that's like their reputation is like a bunch of like nice. So I, I guess that's a feel good story. But I don't know. I I, can, I feel like I could never get excited for the Dodgers to win anything. So I'm happy cheering for the Astros. Yeah. How was it? You went to uh, you, you went to Red Sox Yankees, right?
1: Yeah, we had a some. My past, let's see, three weekends. Yep. Uh, July twenty seventh, Saturday. McDermott was up here for the weekend. We uh, we were definitely wild boys in Boston, to say the least. <laughs> uh, four o'clock Yankees Red Sox. We got smashed. It was it was a hell of a lot of fun. We uh, sat. Next to a uh, 10-year-old shortstop who uh, we <laughs> okay. uh, McDermott uh, went in with halfsies on him for the Red Sox to win the game, and at the end of the game, McDermott turned around and handed him 50 bucks because he put bat, uh, but we told our uh, buddy Timmy, we said, if you play college baseball, you have to go to Ole Miss, so... If uh, Timmy from Boston's our shortstop here in about eight years, then McDermott and I officially recruited him. That would be pretty you know,
0: cool. And you paid him $50 in illegal a, a recruiting inducements.
1: paying 50 bucks splits a portion of the wings. Yeah,
0: fair enough. No, that's funny. Uh, well, that sounds like fun for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, good luck to Timmy. You just better hope there's not a lot of Kessinger ahead of him, you know, because he's going to ride the bench. I'm
1: saying, hey, our guy got drafted second round yeah. this past year. But he needs to come here. And he yeah, yeah.
0: did did he look like? Uh, did he have a good frame? You think he could he could bulk up into a college baseball player?
1: He's old. He's got some ways to go.
0: All right. Yeah. I mean, he's ten. He's got time. He's he can start juicing now, and he'll be he'll be well on his way. Um. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Let's see what you went to. Uh, did you go to any games in Denver or no? Uh,
1: we went to Rockies on Sunday. So next uh next weekend was. Who they were probably Denver. Who they host. They played the Giants. Ooh. We were. This, this was more get in, and go to the upper deck bar, and.
0: Yeah, no, I love that stadium. That's that's one of the, my favorite stadiums I've been to. It's
1: beautiful. Yeah, it's a good, it's a neat setup. You it's got the
0: you got the mountains, and the the outfield there is real nice. That's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah that's. We fun. were in for two nights, and then we went out to Breckenridge one night as our uh, mountain excursion. Oh, so. do you, do
0: you what's what is there to do in the? Can you ski in the summer? What's Breckenridge like right now?
1: Uh, there's enough people that are there in the summer to be outside up in the mountains. You can go, I mean, actually there was about five bachelor, bat, bachelor, bachelorette party, parties out at the main club. Wow. So this is definitely a destination for hmm. that type of stuff. All right. I mean, this past weekend, family got together at a lake outside Nashville. That was kind of a nice, more relaxing hmm. gap to it. To well, put you've had a, in.
0: you've had a nice little summer here, a little end of the summer. Few weeks,
1: we're, and then we're going to be between seventy five and eighty the rest of the uh, next ten days or so up here. So mm,
0: that must be nice. It's about one hundred and five when I when I leave work. Yeah, so
1: while you're melting your ass off in uh, muggy Houston. Or well, here, I mean, it's uh, I got to wear a jacket in the
0: office. You know, it's it's cold as hell most of the time everywhere you're inside. But yeah, when you have to go outside from your door to your car, I, I'd say I'm most concerned about uh, my my cilantro, my basil. Out on the balcony, just, just, they're, they're suffering. That's not a good scene out there. Yeah. Absolute carnage. Uh, yeah, let's see. It's been, since we last talked, uh, John and Beth visited, uh, me and John. John took me to my first real soccer game. Went and saw Real Madrid, Bayern Munich at at NRG, about 60,000 fans. Um, oh, it was real fun. I mean, it's an exhibition game, right? So, the rosters are they aren't trying their hardest but it was fun they saw like four goals um Byron played some of their their good players the whole time Real uh, Madrid pretty much pulled everybody um around halftime but it was it was fun for sure I mean uh we live on the red line so we can just take a train straight down to NRG no parking or anything it's pretty nice I think John uh I think John and Beth enjoy their time in Houston and then Last weekend down in Mexico for a wedding at a resort. That was very fun Um, back in Cancun where Angie and I got engaged back in April. So enjoyed our time for sure. Um, Not a ton else planned. Uh, Let's see, the opening weekend for football, we got my sister, Mary Margaret, and my brother-in-law, Jamie, coming to visit. So I'm excited for that. Just uh, just working in the in the interim. Um, it's been it's been a good summer here in Houston. I I really need to get to another Astros game. Um, only been to two since we moved here, I think. Uh, but the tickets are only getting more expensive, man. I, I think the tickets for Grinky's first start were like insane. Uh, and then um, the funny thing was that we were in Mexico. Angie's brother was here. He stayed in our apartment with his friend. And they're doing, uh, they're doing like trying to go to all 30 stadiums before they turn 30, which is pretty badass. Um, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool endeavor. So they went to, uh, you know, they just, they just go to any game, whatever. You just got to check it off the list, right? So they're at Minute made, uh, and they see a combined no hitter. I'm in Mexico. I'm like, I mean, I'm in Mexico, but I'm still jealous. That's insane. The, the luck just to happen to see a, a, an Astros no hitter. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. It's been a good summer though. A good summer of not doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's been a good break. But I'm looking forward to football season coming up. You have a, I mean, we got. It'll be interesting opening weekend. Ole Miss has got a decent start to schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not at least NFL, there's mobile games.
1: NFL is always interesting.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask if you've seen it. I started watching last night uh, on YouTube. I was watching Hard Knocks Raiders this year. There's some really interesting storylines over at the Raiders. Uh, Anthony Antonio Brown, I should say, obviously um, that's a, one of the biggest storylines in the NFL, um, changing teams. And then I was saying, you know, Jonathan Abram, JUCO guy that played at State, first round pick. He's on the Raiders, and uh, watching that show really makes me makes me like him. He seems like a pretty pretty funny guy um i definitely i mean it's hard knocks is always good but uh it's it's getting me a little excited for nfl um i you know i we'll we'll see what happens i'm good with Texans game maybe i I like nrg stadium that was my first time there when i was with john it was uh it's it's nothing special but it's it's nice you know it's uh it's it's modern and all that so and like i said it's 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 hard to turn down being able to to walk a block and get on the train and ride 10 stops you know that's 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 a lot better than having to go park somewhere
1: yeah
0: um yeah no it'll be fun it'll, it'll be good uh you know and then next week i assume we'll have to talk about you know the devastating season ending injury that happens during this week at camp and derails old missus season it's a tradition
1: you think that's gonna happen
0: no nah, i don't know it's it's it, I feel like that that was more likely to happen back when Ole Miss actually had a bunch of players that people were excited about. You know, it seems now like, uh, it's fine. There's there's not enough, like, talent on the team to worry that much about it, right? I'm sure we'll be fine.
1: If Corral stays healthy, this team is going to be at least... Fine. They'll be fine. It, it'll be interesting enough to follow.
0: Yeah, so one last note before we wrap for the week. I think we're about to have stuff to talk about it. In the same note, did you see... Um, what Austin sent a couple of days ago about uh interesting piece from action network about teams that perform very poorly against the spread and how they played in subsequent years. Pretty interesting. Basically, if you're going off of trends from the past, you would expect Ole Miss to be significantly better this year, at least against the spread. Cause they were the worst team in the sec last year. One of the worst in country. I think they were like three and nine against the spread.
1: Uh, well, if it was,
0: so historically, th- those teams bounce back. And also, obviously, the spread adjusts. But um, I thought that was an interesting piece when it comes to, like, trends.
1: From a coaching staff standpoint, they've upgraded that much. From a personnel standpoint...
0: Yeah, they've lost a lot. But the defense, the defense on paper is better. The offense on paper is worse. The coaching is better. So, you know, who knows? I think... I I think, I think we'll know a lot, uh, in, in a month. I mean, I I think after the first two, because yes, there are winnable games on the schedule, but if you lose those first two, it starts getting really hard to get to
1: six. First six games are interesting. Sands, Alabama. I think the
0: first six games you'll, well, you'll have, you'll know for sure. I think if they're going to be a bowl team, um, here's an interesting question They, they go three and three in the first six. What are the three losses? It yeah. really it really feels like 2 and 4 or 4 and 2 and better. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a very swingy schedule. 3 and 3 would almost be a little strange with the schedule.
1: I mean 5 and 1's not
0: impossible. Not impossible, but it has to start with 2 and 0. Without 2 and 0, they're not getting to 6 and 6. They're definitely not getting to 5 and 1. Well, obviously not getting to 5 and 1, but without without 2 and 0, they're they're not going to they're not going to be able to do very much this season overall. Like they'll if if they go zero and two, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to get past four wins. Because if you lose those first two, you're looking at Mexico, New Mexico State, and Cela for sure. Maybe Cal, you know, maybe Vandy, maybe Missouri. That's about it. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 a very important start of the schedule for uh for this Ole Miss team. So that's at least, we're not gonna have to wait long to figure out you know exactly what their ceiling is. Um, or conversely, their floor. So, yeah, that's that's where we'll, uh, that's where we'll leave it this week, John. No, no need to belabor the point. Um, we've already talked like twice as long as we did last time we spoke, which was like a month ago. So uh, we're we're trending up. Hopefully, just like Ole Miss is going to be this season. And maybe maybe next week we'll uh, we'll have some more storylines to discuss. Um, who knows? Again, I, it's it feels like a pretty quiet pretty quiet college football off season. So. I don't do know. you
1: feel more or less excited for this season by virtue of the fact you're living in Houston? Does the city, do you kind of notice any hmm. difference since you're in a larger? I think. Pop- prob-
0: I mean, I think probably less, but it's also hard because I think from a team standpoint, I'm much more interested in this season than last season. Like I was last season, it was really just like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are like, I want to watch them a little bit, but that's, that was about it. Like there was nothing to get excited about on that coaching staff or that team. Like just, just the, the, the fact that Longo and McGriff are gone and then you replaced them with more interesting coordinators. And then on top of that, the fact that Bjork is gone is nice and kind of a fresh start there. University still has no chancellor. Um, you know, been a very shameful summer when it comes to Ole Miss's national perspective. It's a it's a mixed bag, but I think from living in a bigger city, it's definitely college football seems less important. But we'll see when the season gets here. There's a ton of a And M fans here, a ton of obnoxious Texas fans. Um, so it, it depends how those seasons go as well. I think, but I am interested to see what uh what Houston's like from football season. And the Texans are always shit, so you know it'll be interesting to see how, how much they take to i think the city's gonna be pretty focused on uh on the astros for the next couple of months but we'll see yeah
1: gotcha good yeah.
0: deal all right man well i appreciate it john uh all the normal stuff here at the end of the show i guess if you like the show you know you can give us a rating on itunes check out uh our sponsors are here at the top of the show all that stuff Um, But for now, uh, we'll leave it there. John, thank you for John. I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. And uh, I I think we actually will probably talk to you again next week. So tune in.